0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. May I welcome you here on behalf of Keen, Marnie Smith and on behalf of Christie's. May I also draw your attention to the conditions of sale which are printed in the catalogue. In order to save
1: time, Ten o'clock on order to save. the morning of May 10 and the beginning of one of the biggest auctions in recent years, the three-day auction of the contents of one of the oldest Norman estates in Ireland, Malahide Castle in County Dublin, 800 years old and the home of the Talbot family for all those centuries. When the 7th Lord Talbot de Malahide died in 1973... Death duties forced the sale of old masters, furniture, silver, porcelain and books, although before the death of Lord Talbot, negotiations had been going on with the government for the possible acquisition of the castle and the estate. Sometime in the 12th century, Prince John confirmed Richard Talbot as Lord of Malahide in a proclamation to archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, barons, constables and all his ministers and faithful men, French and English, in all Ireland. Now on a May morning in nineteen seventy six, the entire contents of the great castle were about to be dispersed. Bidding was expected to be high, and this was very soon evident.
0: Lot thirteen, there's a two in the lot. The clock in the stand, Tortoiseshell bracket clock, four hundred pounds offered. Four hundred pounds and fifty, five hundred and fifty, six hundred and fifty, seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred and fifty Eight hundred and fifty pounds. Nine hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Eleven 1, hundred. 1, Twelve hundred. Thirteen hundred. Fourteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. Seventeen hundred. Eighteen hundred. Nineteen two thousand pounds. Two thousand two hundred. Two thousand five hundred. Two thousand eight hundred. Three thousand pounds. Three thousand two hundred. Three thousand five hundred. Three thousand eight hundred. Four thousand pounds. Four thousand two hundred. One more. Four thousand two hundred pounds. Four thousand two hundred pounds. £4,200. £4,200. more? £4,200.
1: £4,200 for a stained green tortoiseshell bracket clock made in Switzerland in the second quarter of the 18th century. Before the auction, which took place not in the castle but in a great white and green striped marquee outside the castle itself, we talked to buyers who were examining the contents with an expert eye. A member of the Faber family, whose auction galleries have been in Paris for a century and a half, was looking, quite naturally, at some French period furniture.
2: This is our specialty. Mm. And uh, I would very much like to, uh, to buy the uh, boule commodes, for instance, and the uh, nice uh, this is, uh These are the main pieces I'm interested in. And these you
1: would bring back to Paris with you? Well, I hope so. <laughs> um, is this the country, though, where you would expect to find this sort of furniture? Well, I've been already to Ireland on other
2: big sales. So I've already been here and I've uh, bought a few pieces already. How do you think what you see here today compares to what you would buy, say, in
1: France or Britain?
2: Well, it's uh, the level we, uh, we find in France. It's high-class furniture. It is uh, very based about those three
1: lots or four lots I, that I told you about. I mean, they're, they're making quite a thing of this auction that it's something very big for this country, but in, by your standards,
2: you think it's a big auction? It is a big auction, and it is a very pleasant auction uh, to come to because all the things are, have been here for so long, and uh, it's always much better uh, to us than to buy in the uh, ordinary
1: auctions where things come from everywhere. Have you bought this sort of furniture before mm-hmm. in Ireland? Yes, I did. I did. In a, in a country house like
2: this? In, uh, in country houses like that, yes. Already, about uh, ten years ago. <laughs> now, one would have thought this sort of furniture was pretty rare for Ireland. You would um, say said it's pretty rare? Yes, well, uh, you know, they don't come around, they don't turn up so often, you know. We, uh, I run all around the world to uh, find this sort of furniture and... Uh, it's, it's getting very scarce. How long will you stay here? The three days of the auction? Uh, mostly, mostly. C- can you describe this this piece for me? Yes, uh, well, it is a, a transitional secretaire of louis XV's period, and uh, this sort of secretaire was uh, made by Nicolas Petit, which is one of our best French uh, cabinet maker. Well, it's a floral uh, marquetry, and... Uh, it has got nice months. Uh. Lot 31.
0: Lot showing on my right again, the secretary. £1,000 offered, thank you. £1,000. £1,100. <coughs> 1200 1300 1400 1500 1600 1700 1800 1900 2000 pounds Two thousand two hundred, two thousand four hundred, two thousand six hundred, two thousand eight hundred, three thousand pounds three thousand two hundred, three thousand two hundred pounds 3,500 3, pounds four thousand two hundred, four, 4 thousand five hundred, four thousand eight hundred, five thousand pounds 5,000 pounds 5,000 pounds 5,000 pounds Any more? £5,000. Any more? £5,000. Any
3: more?
0: Later on, the
1: French buyer from Faber bought two boule commodes, one for £30,000, the other for £18,000. Prices beyond the range of ordinary buyers and even beyond the hopes of the auctioneers. Other buyers we spoke to beforehand talked about the speculation involved.
2: We always take risks. We are business people. We are uh, uh, taking risks all the time, every day of our business life, and this is just one of them. We spend a lot of money getting here, staying here and viewing it and pushing up the prices, and the rewards are sometimes very
4: small in the hopes of getting something. We don't always but back winners. To be honest with you, I think this piece of furniture is a little too sophisticated for a buy- private buyer to realise what it's worth. The battle will be with the trade.
1: Indeed, the battle was with the trade, and many who had come to buy went away empty-handed. There were over 1,250 items, and so for the purpose of this programme, we decided to concentrate on just a few of the more significant of them, and we went along to a private viewing at the castle before the auction began. One of the most important items was perhaps the most famous piece of furniture connected with the world of literature, the James Boswell Cabinet. We looked at the cabinet with Anthony Coleridge, one of Christie's auctioneers, and Desmond Fitzgerald, the Knight of Glynn, who is Christie's agent in Ireland.
5: And there is the cabinet itself. And it's the cabinet, the famous cabinet in which um, Boswell kept, uh, Boswell's father, the judge, kept medals and family mementos. And Boswell may have kept some of his diaries and uh, papers in it. And of course, it's the cabinet, to where uh, Dr. Johnson probably had an argument about Oliver Cromwell um, with uh, the judge, Boswell's father. Um, which resulted from taking out of a medal of Cromwell on the Cabinet. Um, Some of his papers were reposed in there, and when Chauncey Tinker, the American scholar, came there, he found an awful lot in there in the early... uh, what, 20s,
4: wasn't
5: it? Yeah. In the 20s. And, of course, all the Boswell papers were then sold to Yale, and the Cabinet remains here, which is going to be auctioned off next week. Can we look inside the Cabinet? We can, indeed. Oh, there are numerous little... Numerous drawers. drawers. This is ebony, a sort of wave pattern, and what's that stuff called? uh, Ripple. Ripple motif uh, you get on the drawers. And in here he kept all sorts of bits and pieces.
1: We're talking before the sale. Have either of you got any idea what value
6: could be put on this cabinet? Well, I'm very superstitious. I, as one of the auctioneers, uh, either my partner, Patrick Lindsay, or I'll be taking the sale, and I'll tell you afterwards, but I think it's tempting fate and providence to make a forecast.
0: Lot 170. Showing <laughs> on my right, the James Boswell cabinet. £3,000 offered. £3,000. £3,200. 500 £800. 4, 000, 500 5000 £5,000. 500 6000 500 7000 500 Seven thousand five hundred pounds, seven thousand five hundred pounds, seven thousand five hundred pounds, seven
1: thousand five hundred pounds, any more, seven thousand five hundred pounds, any more. And so the Boswell cabinet joins the Boswell papers in America. Among the most eagerly sought-after items at Malahide Castle with the 18th-century Irish mahogany chairs and tables. During a visit to the castle before the auction, Desmond Fitzgerald described their historical significance.
5: These um, aren't original to this house. They come from the Wogan family of Coffee, I believe. Um, Charles Wogan, the famous Charles Wogan was of that family, who were married into the Talbots. The Talbots were in a fairly bad way in about the 1730s and 1740s when this um, furniture was made and probably didn't come in here until the 1760s. But they are uh, made of solid mahogany, and they're typically Irish. They've got the um, shells on these, uh, the chair rails, rococo ornament with a little tassel at the back, and what is really charming, when you um, put your hand down to get up or fiddle with the arm, you enclose in your palm a beautifully carved little grotesque um, mask, uh, a rather sinister little man in there. Yes, I can feel it now, just yeah, put my hand yeah, in it. And uh, this is very typical of Irish furniture, it has this kind of grotesque um, quality to it, which I believe goes right back to medieval carving, right back to um, Irish manuscripts. You find the same birds on Irish mirrors of the 18th century as almost you find in Irish man- manuscripts of the uh, of the cr- early Christian period.
1: Well, this is furniture, surely one would like to see stay in the country.
5: I hope this does stay in the, car- uh, in the, in the country. Um, perhaps it may well stay in the castle. Um, I... I think that this is probably the finest set of Irish seat furniture I know of that date. And it also has a settee en suite, you see, with three chair backs um, on the right-hand side there. Lot 124.
0: A suite of Irish dark mahogany seat furniture. Nine in the lot. £1,000 offered, 1200 1400 1600 1800 £1,800. £1,800. £1,800, pounds. £2,000, pounds. £2,000, two thousand two hundred, two thousand four hundred, two thousand six hundred, two thousand eight hundred, three thousand, three thousand two hundred, three thousand five hundred, three thousand eight hundred, four thousand, four thousand two hundred, four thousand five hundred, four thousand eight hundred, five thousand pounds five thousand five hundred, six thousand, six thousand five hundred, seven thousand, seven thousand five hundred, eight thousand, eight thousand five hundred. 9,000, 9,500, 10,000, 11,000, 11,000 pounds, 11,000 pounds, 11,000 pounds, the bid is in front, 11,000 pounds anymore? 11,000 pounds any more, more? 12,000, 13,000, 13,000 pounds, one more, 13,000 pounds, £13,000. £13,000 any more? £13,000 £13, any more? Millenaric? Although much of the Irish furniture was bought by
1: Irish buyers, that particular lot went to David Millenaric, the English designer and interior decorator, on behalf of Bianca Jagger, the wife of Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. And Mrs Jagger also bought the 18th-century Irish mahogany settee for £4,000. When the items at Malahide were being compiled for the auction, one of the most important finds was a rare Dutch silver gilt toilet mirror, dating from the mid-17th century. It was an oblong mirror, and at first glance, as we remarked to Anthony Phillips, one of Christie's representatives, it looked rather nondescript.
7: Well, it's very plain and very severe, but um, it was typical of that particular time in Holland. It's Dutch, 1658, when there was a sort of reaction against the rather more florid earlier style and for a short period there are these very plain works of art produced of which that is very typical. Um, The only decoration on it is the uh, monogram of the original owner Veronica Arson von Somersdyke who as you've heard um, married a Boswell and it came down through that line into the Malahide Family in about 1900, but it, it is interesting in that up till uh, really till we came, it, it was completely lost and it was upstairs in one of the bedrooms being used. When uh, you
1: say lost, you mean well. It didn't was realize
7: didn't realise its um, historical and artistic interest, which is considerable. Um, the rest of the service, toilet service, was sold in the 1890s, and I suspect even at that time the mirror had been separated and was probably in use in a bedroom and forgotten, and it only came to light really here when, when we came over. Has it deteriorated in any way over the years? There's been a fair amount of restoration to the back where the strut goes down, but that's the sort of thing that's inevitable in, you know, when it's out in daily use. But the gilding... Is I think contemporary, and it's it's a good goodish colour, and the marks, maker's mark, and the date letter of 1658, are are really in very good very good condition.
1: How rare is it?
7: Extremely rare. It, it's certainly one of the earliest toilet mirrors that I know of, and um, Dutch Dutch mid 17th century silver is very very difficult to come by, and you know the remainder of the service is now all in the. Hague Museum in Holland. It's really a museum piece.
6: Thank you. Now, lot 324. There it is, lot 324. The toilet mirror, lot, lot 324. At 2,000 I'm bid. At 2,000 pounds, 200, 500, 800, 3,000, 500, 4,000, 500, 5,000, 500, 5,500, 6,000, 500, 6, 500 7,000, 500. 800. 900. All right, 900. 7,900 pounds, I've got to. And the biddies in the front row. 7,900 pounds. Any more, please. 7,900. 7,900 pounds. Thanks, sir. 7,900.
1: The auction included the contents and fittings of the bedrooms, including a George III four-poster bed, a bed which had theatrical associations, as Desmond Fitzgerald explained to us.
5: This is a bed which is alleged to belonged to the actor Garrick. Now, it's in the bamboo pattern, and in his villa at Hampton, which is on the Thames, he had a lot of um, chinoiserie... Furniture, including um, other bamboo um, chairs, and also another bed, which was hung with uh, marvelous uh, Indian um, bedspreads, which even got into trouble with the customs. With he had to um, get his wife out of trouble with the customs because he was trying to smuggle them in. See that these sort of things happen at every time in everybody's lives and generations. And uh, you've got the bamboo supports, which are, in actual fact, proper. Real bamboos. They're thick, aren't they?
1: Though? Yes,
5: they're not. I, I, I think they're um, completely real oriental bamboos. They're not just simulated. And a very pretty tester with um, flowers and urns and little um, groups of baskets of flowers, etc., painted on them. It's not as grand a bed as the one in the Victorian Art Museum, um, but it's probably out of the villa at Hampton, so we believe. Now
8: the next. Is lot 1026? Is in the house. Mm-hmm. Lot 1026. Will you start me at 1,000, please? Any bit of 1,000? The four-post bed. Any bit of 1,000? Well, 500 if you like, then any bit of 5 bid. Thank you at 5. At 550, I'm bid now. At 550, 600. 650, 700. At 750, 800. 850 bid. At 900. At 950, at 1,000. At one thousand pounds. At eleven 1, hundred, I'm bid now. At twelve. At twelve. At thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen mm-hmm. At sixteen hundred. At sixteen hundred pounds is being sold there to my left. At sixteen hundred. Are you all done then? At sixteen hundred pounds. Is there any more for it? Mm-hmm. I sell there to my left at sixteen hundred pounds. If we're all quite finished. At sixteen hundred. Thank you, sir. Four.
1: The auction took 3 days to complete with the help of 3 auctioneers. On the first day, furniture and objects of art were sold. On the second day, paintings and drawings and china and porcelain. And on the third and last day, the contents of the castle library, more furniture and art objects, along with linen and blankets and even a collection of vintage port and claret. On the first day, the buyer spent 250,000 pounds. By the third day, the sale of the contents of Malahide Castle had realised a total of £529,173. We asked an Irish buyer on the first day of the sale, Sean O'Criodine, if he was surprised at the prices the items were fetching.
4: I'm not at all surprised. No, I was at uh, silver, uh, silver and furniture and picture sales in New York two weeks ago, and Philadelphia and in Houston. And all the European dealers were overbuying, even at those prices. And I was at sales initially last week. And uh, people are just, unf- sadly, I think, uh, prices are much too high. And I think it's going to uh, be very detrimental for the ordinary people who genuinely love pictures, silver and furniture. I think it's going to uh, really... And people... It's giving us a very false view of the value of things. Some things are inflated but here today it's only the dealers are buying remember that and they're buying for resale the dutch there are a good many dutch italian spanish french dealers and i see them and they're buying and obviously are happy to pay these very high prices
1: well do you reckon that a lot of of pieces have gone out of the country today
4: (sighs) oh yes unfortunately i mean i'm not sad about the french foreign going out but i hate to see any irish i bring back a great many Irish pictures and a great deal of Irish silver and I'm always sad when I see anything leaving this country because it means it's gone forever.
1: Had you yourself any particular interest in objects here today? Yes,
4: I had, of course, in some of the Irish furniture and uh, it was just too high for me, simply too high.
1: When you say too high, too high by our normal standards, is this, do you think specifically inflated it too, auction? It was too
4: high for me to sell to the kind of middle, middle ground people I sell to, you know.
1: But for the small buyer, however, there was the odd bargain. On the morning of the second day of the sale, we helped Mrs Joan Keogh, a farmer's wife from Cluny in County Meath, wrap a collection of glasses she had bought.
3: I bought these glasses yesterday, and I think they were very good value. They were £45, and I got 150 glasses 150. in the lot. 150? Yes. So that makes them about um, about six shillings in old money. <laughs>
1: What 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 age are they?
3: Well, they're a mixed lot. Some are cut, some are plain, some are kitchen glasses, and um, some nice engraved glasses amongst them. Did you come a real lucky dip?
1: <laughs> did you come with the express intention of buying these? Yes,
3: I had come to the view and I had um, counted them, and uh, I thought if they came sort of in my price, I'd buy them. And they did. They did, yes.
1: Anything else you had your eye on?
3: Um, yes, I bought these prints. Yeah, rather nice little prints, six of them, two large and four small ones.
1: Could I ask you um, what you paid for those?
3: Um, I paid £100 for them.
1: What are they? Could you tell us what they are?
3: They're mostly um, four of the prints are a matching set and they're um, after paintings by Sir Joshua Reynolds.
1: Ah, they're engravings. Yes. yes.
3: And I have um, two daughters and I thought they'd be rather nice in their bedroom.
1: Have you have you got your eye on anything today in the auction?
3: Uh, yes, I, ga- I hope to buy some of the very large linen sheets. Uh, we have a large bed, <laughs> and um, I hope to get some of them. And we uh, just have to wait and see this is how a pr- things go. This is,
1: this is going to be a practical day for you?
3: Yes, very. Well, I'm a practical person, really. <laughs>
1: From an auctioneering point of view, the three days were obviously a great success. But there were underlying tensions at Malahide. The question was being asked, should this historic sale have taken place at all? Ironically, although the castle will be preserved as a tourist and cultural asset, the contents of this castle were being dispersed around the world, with the exception of a number of portraits which had been acquired before the auction by the National Gallery. It raised the question of the future of other great Irish houses. An observer at the auction was the chairman of the Dublin Civic Group, Professor Kevin B. Nolan.
9: Well, of course, it's very important to come along and see what way prices are going to run for objects of great importance, very often historically, artistically, because the Irish big house is facing what can really amount to a crisis under present taxation circumstances, with rising costs generally, They are now faced with a whole new structure of taxation in this country and it is problematical without some forms of tax relief or some forms of perhaps not necessarily tax relief or inducements at least to carry on how houses like uh, Malahide Castle can survive as part of our culture and whether we like it or not We must see buildings of this kind as an integral part of our general cultural inheritance. It's no good speaking about them as though they were merely the homes of the ascendancy, whatever that term in practice may mean. They are part and parcel of our whole history, and we're going to show, I think, a decline in cultural standards and cultural values unless we can find a place for these houses. And finding a place, in fact, means finding financial means whereby they can survive. And I've just been inside the castle. I was in it a few months ago when it was still a lived-in house And it's a tragic experience to walk through the empty rooms, uh, echoing now piles of furniture against the wall ready to be auctioned. And if this is the best contribution we can make to the retention of part of our heritage, then it is a poor comment on Ireland in the middle of the 20th century, in the second half of the 20th century.
1: Well, what do you think, then, is the alternative to what we've seen here today?
9: I think the alternative is, first of all, to list as far as we can to list the houses of importance in the country, to work out a realistic system either of... Tax concessions or advances to enable them to be retained. Now, of course, if this is going to be done out of the public purse, then naturally they must be made increasingly available to the public. And I think that is generally agreed. The age in which a great house like this can be exclusively kept for merely one family is, I think, past, And that's not necessarily a bad thing so that if we can reach a point where people can go on living in the houses while sharing the joys and the cultural advantages of these buildings with the community at large, then we could be making a great advance. But it's going to involve concessions over a very wide area in relation not just to national taxes, but to the big problem of rates. And one of the things we fear is the disintegration of estates. Now it is true that under the recent uh, financial legislation uh, certain advantages can be gained in relation to gardens and in relation to houses which are open to the public. But one of the problems is what is to happen to the surrounding estates? How are they to be kept together? And how can they be made viable? Now these are issues which have to be looked at. It's encouraging to know that something is being done about it by organisations like Antashka and so on. And one may see an improvement. One would like to think a day like this, however interesting and stimulating it may be to the auctioneering trade, uh, will be one of the last we're going to see.
1: These were sentiments echoed by another visitor to the auction, Klaus Albrecht from the Munich magazine Die Kunst.
10: I think this auction is a very special one. It's the first time I've been in Ireland to see such an auction here. And uh, for me, it's uh, special because I, it's something like the decline of the West when I see what happened this morning here in this house, in this castle. When you say decline, you mean the decline of the big houses? or? I, 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 yes, it's a decline of the big houses. a decline of uh, some, uh, let's say, of some spirit. You know, um, I think uh, history must be not so very interesting in this moment, and we feel this in the continent too. Uh, we've had last year this uh, famous year for all the, the monuments, but nevertheless, uh, people like to destroy the history, their own history now. Do you think, perhaps it's an unfair question to put to you as an outsider, but do you think perhaps that the, the works in this castle should perhaps have been kept for the, the nation? I think so. Every historical monument has to be kept for the nation.
1: It was left to groups like the Irish Georgian Society to try to purchase items which might have been bought by dealers from outside the country. Desmond Guinness is president of the society.
0: Lot 123, there's a set of 12 Irish dark mahogany chairs, one of them showing it was a set of 12... £1,000 offered, £1,200, £1,400, 1600 1800 £2,000, 2200 2500 £2,500... £2,800, £3,000, 3200 3500 £3,800, pounds £4,000, 3, £4,200, 4,500, 3, 4800 £5,000, £5,500, 6500 £6,500, pounds £6,500. 4, 4, 4, 5, 6, 6, 6, 6, the bid is in front. £6,500. Any more? £6,500. Any more? Guinness?
11: Yes, I bought some pieces for the Society, and the way we work things in our Society is that what I shall do is publish photographs of them in our newsletter and hope that one or more of our American chapters will club together and um, buy them and give them then to Castletown. What... I very much wanted was the very important set of Irish chairs, which was bought by David Milinaric, the London decorator, but they went for £13,000. I was going to go up to eight for them. There was eight chairs, and I reckoned that each of my chapters, or eight of my 21 chapters in America, might have adopted a chair, and I could have put the respective name of the chapter on the chair, and then, like that, we would have got the money back for them, but it, they were just went too high
1: for us. Well, it's a pity now that, that the, the whole set has been split up, as it were. It
11: hasn't been split up. No, no, no they've all been, they were sold as a set.
1: I mean, no, no, but I mean the overall collection of Irish furniture. Oh, it is indeed a pity. And this will go out of the country now? Uh, this set will very likely leave the country, yes. Are you unhappy in general about
11: this whole affair this morning? Well, of course, it's terribly sad to see a house that you know and that you've visited over the last 20 years and had very nice times in um, being split up and and everything going and i do feel that the government could have taken some step to allow miss talbot to have lived on at malahide during her lifetime as she had no children and then the state could have taken over the whole place intact and i don't think that this sale was necessary as many people have pointed out publicly
1: I mean, the point is that they will now have a set of portraits in what will virtually be the,
11: the shell of a building. Exactly. You need everything. You need all the, the little things that go to make the atmosphere of a house which has been lived in for 900 years. And this is what I'm afraid, once the crows have been at it, you know, there's nothing left and it is a, a, a real tragedy. Well, was there any way, do you think, that it could have been avoided? Well, I've, I don't know what the negotiations between Miss Talbot and the Irish government were, but they certainly didn't come to any very happy conclusion. And she's simply selling all this to, to pay, f- pay the death duties, and so all the, the money will just go straight to the government, who is in turn buying some of the furniture or pictures back to keep in the house. It's a ridiculous situation.
1: It has been said to us by somebody else we spoke to... ...that uh, unless certain concessions are made soon... ...that this will be the first of many such houses to go. Well, a great number of very important
11: houses are on the market at the moment. None of them with collections as important as Malahide... ...because Malahide um, has the most important f- collection of Irish furniture and pictures in existence. But Castletown carrick on is on the market. Carton is on the market. Bellarmont Forest will in two or three years' time be put on the market... And several other houses that I know of that are not yet publicly on the market will be for sale due entirely to the wealth tax which has been imposed by this government, which is going to see the end. It's it's been a gradual process. I mean, houses have, have over the years, all been closing down and folding up and everyone's been in tears about it and so on. And this has been something that's been going on for a great many years, since 1900, or even before that, let's face it. But this, this new tax is accelerating things so that um, it's all happening like a sort of terrible deluge where instead of being a gradual process...
1: In other words, it's the it's final nail in the coffin
11: for the Great Irish House. It just looks like being that unless the government takes some interest in it and, of course, the tourist potential is enormous. Supposing things come right in this country and that the tourists do still come over here, start coming back again... What do they have to look at? This is what they like to see. Everybody likes to see a house, and a family house especially.
1: We also spoke during the auction to David Nugent, the owner of another great Irish house, Ballinlock Castle in County Westmeath. His family had connections with Malahide. Ballinlock was the home of Margaret O'Reilly, the wife of Richard Talbot de Malahide, who died in 1788. Had David Nugent made any bids during the auction?
6: Yes, I did. I bought Lot 32 which I'm very pleased about. Lot 32, £2,000 offered. £2,200, £500, £2,800, £3,000, 3200 500 pounds £4,000, £4,200, 4, 4,
0: 4500 4800 £5,000, 5500 6000 6500 7000 Eight thousand? You bidding? Eight thousand pounds. Eight thousand five hundred? Nine thousand pounds? You bidding, sir? Nine thousand five hundred? Ten thousand pounds? Eleven thousand? Twelve thousand? Thirteen thousand? Thirteen thousand pounds? 13,000 pounds 14,000 pounds 15,000 16,500 six, 16, 16, pounds Seventy No one. You bidding sir? Sixteen thousand five hundred pounds, again. Next bid, seventeen thousand, sir. One more. Sixteen thousand five hundred pounds. The bids on my left, sixteen, seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand pounds. S- One more, sir. Seventeen thousand pounds. Seventeen thousand pounds. For you, sir. Seventeen thousand pounds. Any more? 17,000 pounds, any more 17,000 pounds. What was that?
6: Well, it was a pair of uh, walnut and marquetry commodes. Well, the reason was that we have one at Ballinlock Castle, my father's home in Westmeath, and um, we wanted another two to make up the three. And although one had to pay quite a lot of money for it, I think it's still worthwhile because it stays in the country, or in the family rather, definitely in the family.
1: Perhaps the most curious irony of the auction was to find Matt McNulty of Dublin Tourism buying some of the items in the sale to furnish the castle when it becomes a tourist and cultural attraction.
12: We're involved in a a joint project with uh, Dublin County Council, the Eastern Regional Tourism Organisation and ourselves and the idea is that we will open up the castle as an attraction for the Irish public and visitors to come to see sometime hopefully next year and the council will be simultaneously working on the gardens and opening them up to the public as well. Well, What are you going to have in the castle? What will be unviewed? Well, we have managed at the auction here today uh, to acquire most of the important Irish furniture that is in the castle, with one or two exceptions. Uh, We have uh, purchased last night uh, the important lion's head tables, which previously had gone to a London dealer. We've managed to purchase those back. So we hope to lay out the principal rooms of the castle as near as possible to the way they were uh, before the collection was broken up. And upstairs we hope to lay out uh, a a male bedroom and a female bedroom and to decorate these inside as they would have been. Can I ask you what sort of a a budget you're working on? Well, I'd rather keep that confidential. Or can I ask you how much you've spent so far? Uh, I'd rather not say. It's Um, very important to remember when... uh, buying something like this, you're buying something which is unique. Uh, We haven't bought any of the very high-priced furniture, which was all continental furniture, and which we weren't interested in anyhow. Our principal interest is in Irish furniture, and keeping this Irish furniture in the country, first of all, and in the castle, preferably.
1: In the few weeks since the auction at Malahide, has come the news that another of Ireland's most famous mansions, Westport House, has been threatened with demolition by its owner, Lord Altamont. The Minister for Finance, Mr Ryan, has hinted at special wealth tax concessions to keep Ireland's stately homes open, but Lord Altamont sees the problem as going much deeper than the imposition of a wealth tax. The government, he says, needs to do far more than make concessions in the wealth tax. We need a completely fresh approach to the value of stately homes in a national sense.
0: Lot 123, there's a set of 12 Irish dark mahogany chairs, one of them sharing of a set of 12, pounds offered, 1,200, 1,400, 1,600, 1,800, 2,000 pounds, 2,200, 2,500 pounds, 2,800, 3,000 pounds, 3,200, 3,500, $3,